wrestling fans, are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio for April 14th, 2015. I am your host with the most, Graham Gison Matthews, and a bit of a weird situation here today. We've got RJ on the line, not joining me live until the next couple of minutes. He'll be in me. He will be with me here in the studio in just a couple of minutes. But RJ, how are you doing today? Doing good tonight, Graham. And as always, we've got our special guest on the line at Win Sammy Win, aka Jake. Jake, how's it going tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Graham? Doing good. So, of course, tonight we're talking all about Monday Night Raw from last night, emanating from England. A great show, as always, in my opinion. Always a huge mark for the English audience. Um, but the crowd itself was really, really good, and we were talking about before we went live, one of the biggest stories, surprisingly enough, coming out of Raw last night was Kane, which has not been said in quite some time, because we know that corporate Kane has, has not been a focal point of the show, or at least an interesting focal point of Monday Night Raw in quite some time. But... Nevertheless, he was last night in various backstage segments teasing tension with the authority and Seth Rollins and Big Show and all these other guys. So the biggest story coming out of Raw last night was that Orton and Seth were picking the stipulations for their match at Extreme Rules in only a couple more weeks. And Seth Rollins wanted Kane to lie down for him so he can get the easy win and pick up the stipulation. So when he went to go do that, long story short, got a two count, Kane kicked out, um, rebelled against Rollins, rebelled against J&J Security before ultimately lying down in what I thought was one of the better segments of the night. So RJ, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the whole story surrounding uh, Kane last night on Monday Night Raw? Do you think a face turn for the Big Red Monster is imminent? I think uh, a face turn for Kane very eminent. Um, I kind of thought the sequence between him and Rollins was a little bit weird, though. I thought when he was kind of like bending down on one knee, I thought they were going to turn him there. I thought Rollins had curb stop him and like, kind of like turn him there, but he eventually choke slammed him and then let Rollins pin him. But I think anyone knows that Kane's going to be out of the authority sooner, not sooner than later. And um, I think that's good for Kane. I think. Like you said earlier, Orton didn't get anything really out of authority, and neither did Big Show. And the only one that's really got anything from the authority is Ron. So I think Kane coming out of the authority with the mask back on would be good for the Big Red Monster. Absolutely. I don't think it's a coincidence that we've had in every Kane backstage segment, if you've noticed, and, and the Davis thing last week and the various segments we saw with him this past week or last night on Raw, you can always see the cane or the, the, the cane mask in the case behind him, and that's no coincidence, obviously. So that face turn is coming sooner rather than later. We've seen Kane turn so many times in the past. It won't mean much, but I mean it's so much better than having him as the lapdog for the authority, um, considering the fact he really hasn't meant much since he joined the faction over a year and a half ago. It's crazy to think it's been that long. But I look forward to the imminent turn. The way that it was built towards last night on Monday Night Raw in the match with Rollins was really well done. The crowd ate it all up, thought it was great. So, Jake, what were your thoughts on the segment with, with the development of Kane last night, and what are your thoughts on him turning face in the near future? I think that um, 
came. It's kind of interesting about how they teased him with the choke slam, about how it seemed like he wanted to be fake, how he wanted to be the good guy, how he wanted to leave the authority, yet he still kind of didn't. I feel like he had it in his hands. He could have taken the stipulation away from Rollins. He could have ruined his hopes of keeping the title at Extreme Rules by letting Orin just pick whatever he wants to beat him. And then he just let him, you know, then he just took him and pinned him. And I don't know why he would do something like that. It makes me wonder, like, if there's something backstage with the authority or something that would, like, give him a bonus or something that makes him want to stay with them. Maybe he just likes being in control. Who knows? That's a good point. I mean, they never really established why he would want to stay with the authority. Maybe it's the fact that he's been with them for so long and he feels like he's in his comfort zone or something. Like you said, you make a good point and that they never really established why he has any direct association with the authority, why he should stay with them. So hopefully they'll, you know, they'll bring that point up in the near future. But the way that it was done last night, the face turn, looks like it was really well done. Like I said before, the crowd ate it all up and I can't wait for him to finally turn in the very near future, I mean, there aren't many fresh feuds left for Kane that I'd be excited in seeing, but him with the mask on is 10 times more infinitely better than what he's doing currently as part of the authority. So, like I said, what are the highlights from Raw last night? Among the other highlights on the show, a Divas Battle Royal. The Battle Royal itself was pretty throwaway. Rosa Mendes at one point, like, rolled out of the ring when she was getting eliminated, which was pretty hilarious if you go back and watch it. But ultimately, though, in a surprising turn of events, Naomi emerging victorious. Uh, excuse me, Paige emerging victorious, outbeating um, Naomi to become the new number one contender to the Divas Championship will face Nikki Bella, or at least as of right now anyway, it's not really been confirmed, for the Divas Championship at Extreme Rules after the matchup cutting a promo on her home country to a lot of cheers from England, uh, from, her home tur- home, from her home turf of England. And uh, Naomi attacked her afterwards to turn heel. Again, a surprising turn of events, so a lot of cool stuff happening in the Divas division right now. So, Jake, what were your thoughts on Paige emerging victorious in the Battle Royal? Did you see it coming? And also, what were your thoughts on Naomi going heel? Well, I felt that Paige winning, I kind of felt it was predictable because she's been getting a lot of chances lately. I mean, she had the Mania match. She faced Nikki at uh, Fastlane. I feel like she's had a lot of chances since being in the roster for what a year now. I feel like she's gotten like a pay-per-view or something like that since coming to the roster. And then I feel like also, for one, the match was really short, which kind of goes against the whole give Divas a chance thing. Which, I mean, I kind of find it funny how it went against what the fans are demanding because WWE does what they want. And then uh, about Naomi turning heel, I honestly was didn't see it coming. I don't think, like I said, I don't think anyone did. Because, I mean, for one, she attacked Paige in her hometown. Not many people do that. And I just, I would never have seen it coming. Like I said, I mean, aside from reading the spoilers, like you said, it was not really foreshadowed going into the show that Naomi was going to turn heel. She's a natural babyface, but as many people pointed out last night on Twitter, it really wasn't... I mean, her babyface run has kind of run its course, aside from the association with the Usos. Um, She really did not have much going for her right now. She's an incredible athlete, a future Divas champion, no doubt. 
But, um, you know, she was the one, as she mentioned in her backstage segment, in her backstage interview after the matchup with Renee Young, she mentioned how she has beaten the champion, Nikki Bella, at least two or three times in the past. Um, she's due for a title shot. I love the fact that she mentioned her time on NXT along with AJ Lee and her retirement and everything else. I thought that was a great promo. But, um, yeah, the heel turn came out of absolutely nowhere, but I think it piques interest in the Divas Championship feud, the picture, the division right now, um, especially considering that Paige is due to leave WWE TV in the very near future, and if not right now, I'm not sure if that was her way of being written off TV last night on Raw. We'll have to wait, we'll have to wait and find out. But um, to go out and film the WWE Studios film, um, not Bounty Hunter, whatever the hell it's called, Santa's Little Helper, I think it's called with The Miz. And um, so she's going to be off TV for a little bit, and that means that I guess Naomi will step up to challenge for the title, maybe heel versus heel match. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But, RJ, what were your thoughts on the whole um, Divas angle last night on Raw? Um, I'm going with – I was shocked, honestly. I thought it was a slam dunk. Naomi was going to win the Battle Royale. She beat Bella twice previously, and she never really got her shot at the Divas Championship last year going to WrestleMania. She had the whole eye injury, and I thought that was her chance to be the U.S. champion. And then I thought she was going to be A.J. Lee at WrestleMania last year, and she didn't. And then she kind of floundered a little bit, first Cameron and stuff like that. But I thought they were pushing for Naomi to be the next babyface the U.S. champion. And then Kate went over, and I was like, what? Like, Kate, I, like, I don't hate, I, I like Kate, but I like how many opportunities can she get at the Divas Championship? She's been in the WWE for about a year, and she's had at least five Divas Championship matches. I think it's kind of, I'm not saying it's overkill, but you got to give the Emmas and the Naomis and other Divas that are worthy of the championship a shot, at least. I think Naomi's kind of, I think that her different heel kind of like shows her anger of how she's never really got her Divas Championship match that she really deserves. So I think it's good for her to be heel. I don't know what they're going to do with her and Nikki Bella, but I think Naomi's time to be a Divas Championship should be now or last year, and she really hasn't got that chance. So I kind of like her going heel and pursuing the championship. Well, like I said, it looks like Paige will be off TV in the near, in the very near future, if not immediately. So it looks like if they wanted to turn Naomi heel, they would write Paige off by having her win and then that being the catalyst for Naomi turning. So it looks like that was their kind of their way of building. I don't know how Naomi will get that shot now, but regardless, so I think the uh, the whole way it's playing out, I think, is really, really good. It's innovative. I did not see it coming, like you said, Paige winning, even though it was her home country. I Like you said, I was... Slam Duncan on Naomi winning the matchup, and it looks like she might get the shot instead. But Naomi as a heel is something refreshing. I think it's really, really good. Like I said before, her character as a babyface has kind of run its course. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she does as a heel. But um, we talked about this last week when AJ Lee retired. So we'll ask you again, RJ, with Paige out of the picture right now and Naomi going heel, and the only true babyface that we have is... Actually, I can't really think of anyone. Paige is actually the top babyface on the roster in terms of the Divas with Nikki Bella, Alicia Fox, Summer Rae, Cameron, and now Naomi Heel. Do you see them promoting one of the NXT girls to the main roster in the next couple of weeks at the earliest considering Paige is gone for the time being and now um, and now uh, AJ Lee has been retired? So do you see Charlotte or Bailey or Sasha Banks coming up to the main roster to fill in that role for the time being? I do see them bringing in one of those NXT Divas to be the next baby face, 
but I think they have a Kiva on the roster right now that should be in consideration at least to be the next Patriots. I think Emma has the skills to run with Paige as a top baby face, I think. They've misused Emma tremendously in the WWE, so I think I know Paige is gone and they might try to give another team a chance, but um, no, no, like, <laughs> that's not like a metaphor like give a chance, but um, I think Emma is very qualified to be the next top baby face, and maybe WWE sees that and, like, they finally give her the chance, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring up a Charlotte or Sasha Banks or Bailey and just lay, lay Pamela away by the wayside and just waste her like they've done with other, other NXT stars coming up. It's weird because she's in a weird position right now considering like now at NXT she's in like the midst of a heel turn, but because of that, because people watch NXT and WWE Raw, whatever... Um, she's kind of a tweener right now. I don't know how you would push her as a face, but I think she does have the potential to be a top face if they push her towards that level because she's a great in-ring worker. And like you said, she's been wasted on the main roster since they brought her up like a year and a half ago. They have pretty much buried her ever since the arrest like last, since last summer. So I would, like you said, I completely forgot about Emma. So I would love to see her be the one to get pushed towards the um, top of the Divas division, towards the Divas championship, if that was um, the way they were to do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle the situation. But, Jake, I'll ask you the same question. Do you see them bringing up any NXT women in the near future to kind of fill in that role um, that Paige and AJ left behind in their respective absences? Well, I feel like, for one, I totally agree with both of you with Emma. I feel like she should be pushed as well to the top of the Divas division. I feel like she could hold the company Plus, having an Australian is something new with this company, and I feel like it would be something fun to look at. But if we had to look at the NXT woman, I feel like one that would be the most suitable is probably either, I'd probably say either Bailey or Sasha Banks could probably come up and do best in the company right now. You don't see Charlotte as the next person to be called up? Hmm? You don't see Charlotte as the next person to be called up? Uh, I'm not really sure that she has, like, exactly what her dad has yet, like the hit factor with the promos yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like both Bailey and Sasha both have more better in-ring promos and in-ring capabilities. Like, don't get me wrong, Charlotte's great in-ring. She has that skill. But I feel like Sasha Banks and Bailey would be better suited for the main roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, I agree with him one hundred percent. I think Charlotte is good in the ring, but I just think she got she's got better than what she was. But she got pushed more because of her name. I think Banks and Bailey are better in ring and like total package divas than Charlotte is right now. You know, I was just about to say, RJ and I were talking about this last week in that Charlotte, while she is really, really good, I don't think I don't want to say she's overrated, but after the match we had with Natalia, which was great. I think a lot of people's perception of her went, you know, above and beyond. Like, people were calling her crap, like, from one week. And after the match with Natalia, she was, like, the greatest thing in the Divas division and in NXT, the women's division, whatever. And she is really, really good. But you brought up a good point, Jake, in that her mic skills, in my opinion anyway, aren't really anywhere where they should be. She's a good mic worker, but... I don't know where her character anyway is not where it should be. Like, I don't know if I should be cheering for her or booing for her. She's a good baby face down in NXT. But there was an instance a couple of maybe weeks or months ago, I'm not exactly sure, where she was cutting a promo and then she told the fans to, like, shut up or something like that. So she needs to kind of pack that down before she can be called up. But I think she is 
um, ready before long. And I think Sasha, while she is the NXT Women's Champion, it would not be out of the ordinary for them to call her up, considering the fact that Paige, when she was called up a year ago, was the women's champion. So, I mean, we could see either one of those women on the main roster um, before long. So I'm liking what they're doing with the women right now on the main roster, and I'm, I'm curious as, as to see um, how, how they will handle the situation with Paige being going off to go film her movie and Naomi going heel. It should be pretty good. But another news, I forgot to mention this before, um, breaking news today, Jay Uso of the Uso's tag team, obviously, going out with an injury. is going to be out for six months. So a big blow to the tag team division. So Jake will ask you first, um, what were your thoughts on the situation when you first heard it, and how do you think it will affect the tag team division um, without one half of the Usos a part, you know, a part of the tag team division for the very near future, for the next six months at the very least? Well, for one, I feel like it will give a chance to try out some new tag teams, form some new tag teams, maybe try out a few different interesting combinations. Maybe there's some friendships backstage that are like, hey, you should give us a chance in the tag team vision, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels did way back when. And they could, like, try it out, see if they have good chemistry, give us a chance to, like, maybe expand the tag team division. Because I always remember the tag team vision being mainly Usos, 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 like, past year and a half. So I feel like it might give the tag team division maybe a little bit of fresh air and like maybe a chance to have everyone really show what they have. And I think on the bright side, too, someone brought this to my attention on Twitter earlier today, and that the Lucha Dragons, they could not have been brought up at a more opportune time, and that with the Usos going down with the injury, they can kind of fill in that role as the top babyface team. On the main roster, the primetime players are really good, in my opinion, anyway. They're not being really pushed as a top tag team, but... The comedy stuff is what it is, but I think they can be good too. And they're finally turning the new day, and Cesaro and Kidd are a great tag team. I mean, I know that goes without saying, but um, there's a lot of potential there in the, in the tag team division right now, and I feel like if they can build off that and have great matches, like if they were to book the Dragons versus you know Cesaro and Kidd at the next pay-per-view and give them a tornado tag team match, give them 10, 15 minutes, show them what tag team wrestling's all about, it can only mean good things for the division. But the Usos, like you said... I'm a huge fan of the Usos, but I can't understand the criticism that people have with them not being shoved down our throats, but more so being overexposed on the WWE product for, like you said, the last year and a half, two years, have been constantly featured in the tag team title picture. So with them out for a little while, hopefully they can get those new tag teams towards the title picture. Like I said, the Lucha Dragons, Primetime Players, etc., etc. Um, but also, RJ, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think they're, the injury to Jey Uso you know, will serve as a big blow to the tag team division. And what do you see Jay Uso, or excuse me, Jimmy Uso, doing in the meantime while his brother Jay is out? Um, I think with Jay Uso, right? So Jay's still wrestling, right? Jimmy's still wrestling. Jimmy, I think they, I think after Extreme Rules, they do the whole course of their own right, Big Show, maybe implement Reigns into the tag team division with his cousin Jimmy Uso and Maybe do something with like that. I'm not saying that's exactly what I want to see, but we've seen those tag team guys by themselves kind of flounder in the, when their other partner gets hurt. So maybe implement Roman Reigns and have him work with uh, one of the Usos. I mean, especially with guys like the Usos, as much as I like them, I just don't see them as, as breakout single stars because they're exactly the same. They're a lot of fun to watch in the ring. 
but their singles matches aren't nearly as strong as their tag team work. So someone brought that to my attention and that we could see some sort of tag team match. And RJ has arrived in the dorm room, in the radio room as we speak. One second, let me turn on his mic. RJ, how you doing? Doing good. You just got off the phone like just a minute ago. I heard yep. the phone hang up. I'm like, where'd RJ go? I'm like, just like that, he's in the building. But uh, like I was saying before, I feel like with Jimmy Uso still wrestling, RJ, I'll ask you again since you're right here. Um, do you feel that as if now that Naomi has gone heel and they have acknowledged the history, you know, the, the relationship between the two in the past, could we see a Jimmy Uso heel turn and pair those two together? I could, but I don't see him doing anything as a single star. As a, you know, no, no, I know, but do you see him like at least – no, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like with Tyson Kidd, but I feel like Tyson Kidd has more – obviously more potential yeah. to break out. But um, do you think that's something they could do because they've acknowledged the history before? They could, but like I said, I, I think Tyson Kidd's a way better by himself than Jimmy Uso would be. I think, I think that – like I said, I think pairing him with Reigns would be good, but I don't really want to see that, but – I don't see him doing. I think he'd be like, he wouldn't even be on Raw by himself. Probably won't. No, no, he definitely won't be unless he like job out to somebody or something like that. But um, the tag team thing is at least something to do with him because I feel like you know if Jimmy or Jay, I get them confused all the time. I still can't tell them apart five years later based on their tattoo or whatever. But um, if he was gonna be out for like two or three weeks, that's okay. But it's six months. So it's going to be a long time. There's nothing they're going to do with him unless they turn him heel or, like you said, do the thing with Roman Reigns. Um, so either way, I mean, the tag team division is in a decent place, and I think that they continue to build off these teams and call up new people and push new people or put other teams together and stuff like that. Um, the tag team division could flourish or could survive without the Usos in the picture for the foreseeable future. But um, in other news from last night's Raw, we talked about this, I believe, last week, but... The John Cena U.S. Open, the United States Championship Open that he hosts every single week. Last night was no exception. Opening the invitation to anyone in the locker room, and out comes Bad News Barrett, England's own, to a very good pop, a very good match between Barrett and Cena, but of course Cena comes out victorious, still the United States Champion. So, RJ, what were your thoughts on the, or what are your thoughts on the U.S. Open and the, specifically the match with Barrett from last night? I don't mind the open. I just think it's it's going to become so repetitive and so overdone that they can't just keep letting guys that are like mid-carders or lower-tier mid-carders just contend with Cena. Like, if if Bad News Bears can kick out an AA... Why can't Rusev, who Rusev got pinned at WrestleMania with an that's, AA? That's a but very Bad good News Bears, damn. Yes. But then it also kind of like flounders the guys that they beat. Like, he hits them with... The wasteland, the bull. He puts all he has out there on the table, and he can't beat Cena. Mm -hmm. So, is he a mid carder or a low mid carder now? If a mid card guy can't beat Cena with all the moves they have in their arsenal, then it kind of makes them look. Even though they have good matches, it looks them looks them makes them look weak. Like that's like saying if Adrian Neal hit that dealt the red arrow and couldn't pin someone, it's like that move's not good. Then yeah, but like. Why, if he can't beat Cena, then why would that make me believe he can beat Daniel Bryan? Yeah. If he can't beat Cena, then why? Like it's like it's good for them, but it kind of kills them too. Because like, if they're not beating with all of them they have, then what else have they do to beat him? I think it's good for them. They have good matches, but like, who's gonna face next? Like he can't keep doing this every week. He's got. He can't just keep bringing more people. Like it's gonna be Adam Rose or Cena, and like <laughs> Rose brings him to the, brings him to his all he's got, and Cena beats him. Like I just think like. Once in a while is good, but they do this every SmackDown and Raw. It's going to get so repetitive. It's only been three weeks, so we've got to give it more time, and it probably will be at some point. 
But, um, I mean, not even that. I do understand where you're coming from, but also the fact that the kicking out of the finishers, while it makes for a good match, doing it every week, is it's going to get repetitive after a while. I think Dean Ambrose hit his finisher on him then after WrestleMania. I know Stardust hit his finisher on Cena last week, yep. and then Barrett hit the bullhammer last night. So three weeks in a row, I mean, like you said, I mean, hitting the one AA and then, you know, him kicking out of it, it gets repetitive after a while. But I do enjoy the in-ring action for what it is right now. But... Hopefully Rusev can have a hell of a showing at the pay-per-view. Otherwise, because like a WrestleMania, it only took one AA to put the guy away. So it's making that match um, pale in comparison all the matches that we've gotten from Cena in recent weeks. But Jake, what have your thoughts been on the United States Championship Open in recent weeks? And uh, what were your thoughts on the match last night between Cena and Barrett? Well, for one, I kind of missed the match last night. I was doing something else, so I can't really go on that. But I heard it was really good, so I've been meaning to check it out. So I'll check that out later. But um, I think the whole U.S. Open concept, I like it. I feel like it could bring mid-carters up. But also the idea of everyone kicking out of everyone else's finishers every week kind of makes everyone's finisher look weak. Because well, I remember the one match I did see so far in the Open, the um, when Ambrose hit 30 deeds and Cena kicked out, I was, I was watching that, obviously spinning my head off no, because I thought Cena... I just lost to the Ambrose as a finisher, you know, that's how it ends. But then he didn't, and so I was like, oh, well, that kind of made the finisher look weak. And so I just feel like, and I've heard it keeps on going every week like that. It's like, kind of makes me iffy on it. Maybe if they just had, like, a good 20-minute match with no finishers, I feel like then it might make it more legitimate to move and bring the stars up. I agree with that too. Like usually, like you don't really see like people kicking out of like main finishers unless it's like SummerSlam or WrestleMania or a big time match. If they keep kicking out finishers, like then what? Like how if he beats him with it, then how can he beat like Ziggler with it? The move. Exactly. How can he beat Ziggler or Daniel Bryan or Ambrose or Rollins, Reigns, all of them? Like mid card guys. If if Cena's kicking out of him, why isn't anyone else kicking out of him? I just think like, Deval is their moves. No, I absolutely agree. I think while the in ring action is. Really, really good. It does devalue the move itself in the long term. I mean, for one night, you know, it's fine to make it for a good match, a good moment from someone kicks out. But if you do it every single week, it says a lot either about the AA or the finishing maneuver of whoever he faces. But, you know, in terms of fresh competition, of fresh matches on Raw, I'm enjoying it because we got Cena and Ambrose, a match that we have not seen much of before. Cena and Baron, who haven't faced off in years, and then Cena and Stardust last week. So, I um, wrote a whole article about potential opponents for John Cena. Who would you like to see him accept the challenge next? I mean, I know we're getting Rusev at Extreme Rules. They taped SmackDown tonight. I don't read the spoilers, so I don't know who opened it or accepted the challenge. But um, Jake, I'll ask you first. Is there anyone in particular that you hope to see open the, uh, and, you know, accept the challenge at some point in the near future against John Cena? Well, I mean, his name's in my Twitter ad, and his name's Sammy Zayn. I mean... I would love to see him debut on the main roster. It's a great match with John Cena. It would really show him that he's for real. Because that's the first night of the U.S. Open. I'm like, this could be a great thing for Sami Zayn to debut in. Because it would be like, wow, this guy can put on a great match with the best. And it's for the title, and he can look great. So, I mean, that's just what I would hope. Eventually, this thing has to build to an NXT talent coming up. Whether it be Zayn... Balor, Owens would be nice, but I feel like he has more time down in development or in NXT, whatever. Same thing with Hideo Itami, but um, Samoa Joe too. I feel like we'll go to NXT first before it comes to main roster. But 
Of those two, though, Ballora and Zayn, I feel like one of them has to accept the opening challenge at some point. Kind of akin to the whole Cena angle thing from a couple of years. When, you know, when Cena debuted, his whole debut, when he issued the opening challenge and out came John Cena. And hopefully we could see something like that with Finn Balor or Sami Zayn or whoever from NXT. It would make for a great moment, great match, whatever. And Finn Balor actually almost debuted last night. He teased it on yeah. Twitter. Did not come to fruition, unfortunately. But um, soon enough, along with Sami Zayn, I feel like his time is... Um, long overdue to be on the main roster. He should have been on there a long time ago. But in terms of other good stuff from Raw, from Raw last night, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I thought the attack on Roman Reigns by the Big Show was well done. I thought it was a lot better than expected. I'm not a huge fan of the Big Show and Roman Reigns feud continuing after three long months. There's really no point in that. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But um, RJ, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the reincarnation of the feud between Big Show and Roman Reigns, and what were your thoughts specifically on the attack from last night on Raw? The attack was good. The match, I don't want to see it again. Give it... Give it I, it's something that they just keep killing. Like, I don't need to see Reigns and Big Show again when Reigns beats him every time. I know Big Show won that one time, but... And he beat Big, him clean last week on Raw. But it's just like, Big Show's just not a threat. They need to, like, legit realize that he's not a threat. Give it to someone that like we want to see fresh matches. We want to see Big Show and Kane and Big Show and Kane facing Roman Reigns a hundred times. We've seen it a hundred times already. I think that even though I wouldn't want to see him face Reigns right now, I think why it would be perfect for Reigns because Reigns would probably have to win, which is stupid. But back to what I was saying. Um, but like I said, like I want to see someone fresh. I don't care if it's Ziggler and Reigns or someone like I don't need to see Big Show and Reigns again. It's something they've overdone so many times. It's like seeing Kane and Reigns again. In the last three months alone. Exactly. And I, like I said, I think maybe after, hopefully this is the end, that Extreme Rules... Bit, Has to be. Uh, payback, <laughs> they'll find some reason to do that again. But, I've seen um, a while, yeah. But I, like I said, they need to start pushing heels and stop... Let, like, the Big Show needs to go. Big Show needs to go. He's annoying. They need to stop depending on the Big older guys. Yeah. Big Show and Kane for the most part. With Kane turning babyface, that's a little more promising in terms of what they're going to be doing with him. But Big Show, though, he's not a credible heel in 2015. He hasn't won a meaningful match in however long. And I was thinking about this the other day because, like I said, I'm not the biggest Big Show fan, so I don't want to sound biased. What? But... I thought you loved the Big Show. <laughs> I hate you. Can you remember <laughs> the last feud where Big Show actually put someone over? Aside from WrestleMania last year where Cesaro won the Battle Royal by putting him over the top rope, can you remember the last time that Big Show had a feud where he put the other person over that needed it, like a young guy? Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, maybe? Come Won the World Heavyweight Championship? <laughs> what is that? I'm trying to think. Is that, that was like three or four years ago, but I can't think, think of anything else. Yeah. He's been working with older guys. What'd you say? What'd you say? It was a money in the bank cash-in, Yeah, so it kind of made him... Daniel looked wimpy, and then he won a steel cage match while Henry and Show were going at, and he ran away. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. So, in a way, he put him over. Not technically, but that's the only thing that Besides comes to mind. Besides that, that's the yeah. only feud I can think of. Big Show when he's working with someone younger. That's not younger, but someone that's yeah. newer. I can't think of anyone else really. Aside from losing that shitty ass match to uh, Randy Orton at Survivor Series a couple of years ago, and I think in 2013 here in Boston, actually. That that was the oh, only right. time that he ever put somebody over. But, but Randy it's, it's Randy Owen's already over. So. He was already exactly. It doesn't really necessarily count the match talk too, so it didn't really count as him putting him over. But uh, <laughs> the the attack though, like I said, getting back to what I was saying before, the attack itself was well done on the car too. I thought that was a cool visual. They never utilized the car or the booth or anything that when they ever go to England. Um, but I thought that was well done. It was innovative and made Roman Reigns look sympathetic and Big Show look like a beast. 
for two seconds anyway. Um, not looking forward to the match. I don't know what match they're going to be doing at Extreme Rules. Couldn't care less. Probably and a Samoan chain match. <laughs> a Samoan strap match. Oh, Something don't even done. say that. Now it's going to happen. <laughs> don't say that. Probably will happen. A Samoan four corners oh. rope match. I'll be like, <laughs> kill me. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but it is announced on SmackDown. Oh. So you know. Hashtag don't book it. Hashtag I'm going to look right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, what were your thoughts on the attack last night and the continuation of the feud between the Big Show and Roman Reigns? Well, honestly, it's gotten to the point where I just laugh at it and I just enjoy it because I'm a wrestling fan and I just love it because it's wrestling. Simple as that. But, like, I laughed at it. I just screwed around and had fun. So I just came home and saw Roman Reigns cutting a promo like, okay, what's going on? Next thing I know, Big Show's throwing him around at a car, and I'm like, hey, it's funny, because I'm not too big of a Roman Reigns fan. And so I, I personally cheer for the Big Show. I know I'm probably the only one, but... <laughs> on this show, I anyway, am. you are. On this show, anyway. <laughs> and then I just was like, hey, show looks strong. Yay! <laughs> for once in his life, they actually made him out to look good. So like, I, like we were saying before... I mean, if they're going to have him feud with Roman Reigns, it's one thing we've seen it before. I really have no desire to see that match again. But after losing clean, clean to Roman Reigns last Ooh. week on Raw, there is no reason for that feud to continue. And at least they're putting some heat on Big Show going into the pay-per-view by having him beat up Roman Reigns. Did you read up the result? Or the... I just read about the Seamus Ziggler. It's horrendous. I almost just walked out of the room. <laughs> A kiss my arse match. Yep. That's what these stipulations. Oh God. got to be fucking I kidding just... me. <laughs> I don't like to swear, but well, I do like to swear, but not on the show. But that is, that is, that's putrid. <laughs> what were you Kiss gonna say? My I don't, I don't even want to watch that. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds horrendous. I just don't want to watch. Kiss like, this is a bad arse, stipulation. What the, what's that even mean? Like, are they going to kiss no each other's idea. ass after the? <laughs> it's probably going to be like a kiss my foot match. So probably. stupid. It's it's even worse because you know these guys can go out there and have a great match. Both these guys have amazing chemistry together, and then you put them in a stipulation that makes no sense. Well, we don't even know what it means. In I don't know. It's a slap in the face to both Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler, both go, both guys who have been doing really well in recent weeks. So. Kiss my arse. I'm 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 stunned right now. <laughs> Speechless. Yeah. But I, I, even tell that, when I, was I also go ahead. I just kept laughing at that idea, too, because it's like they took the way Shayna says it and just kissed my arse. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of worried, are we actually going to do that on live TV? Because we know they're not afraid to do stuff like that, kissing people's arses. Oh, and so, I mean, will they actually do something like that? Because that'd be a little strange. I don't know. We saw enough of that in the Attitude Era with uh, with Vinnie Mac and, and the Kiss My Ass Club. I do not have any desire to see it between Sheamus and uh, Dolph Ziggler. Come Extreme Rules. I've seen Dolph before. I don't need to see Sheamus's too. <laughs> exactly. We need we, we we don't need a match at Extreme Rules with such a stupid situation or stipulation that doesn't need it. I mean, this match could be really good from a wrestling standpoint. I mean. I'm hoping that the match isn't as bad as they're putting it out to be by make, making it out to be with this dumb stipulation. Hopefully it's something, like it's a great wrestling match and maybe the loser has to do something dumb, which I also don't want to see. But 
at least we get a good match out of it. Like, like I'd be fine with that. Like, why don't the Divas have like kiss my arse match? Like, why do I want to see Sheamus? Oh, I'll watch that. Exactly. <laughs> but like, <laughs> looking at SmackDown looks like a bunch of shit matches. Thank God. Like, that's SmackDown for it. It's like literally undercard central, and it looks horrendous. It's Superstars two point. It literally is Superstars two point this week. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, the match itself. Yeah. Not looking forward to, but hopefully it's not as bad as they're making yeah, it out to be. What's you say? Go ahead, Jake. I, did you hear about the fans running the ring during the main event of SmackDown? I did see what did that. they do? It was so funny. Oh, Maybe I can pull up the video for you, RJ. It was so great. It was someone, some oh fan taped a video of these fans rushing the ring at SmackDown tonight, and it was great. Let me see if I have the video. I know I tweeted it. Rushing the ring, so ran into the ring. Yeah, and they perform moves on each other. One one of them did yeah, like a rock bottom to the other one. Did the, did the security come in or no? Yeah, they, they stopped them, or they tried to anyway. Let me see if I can pull it up here. No. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What was that? They succeed to well. England looks kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, the moves like that will never get... Sm- that, like, people... Like, moves like that won't... Like, stuff like that won't let WWE bring pay-per-views there. Exactly. They wonder why. That's a good point. But, but still, It was still hell? entertaining, though. Let yep. me see if I can pull up the video. All right, I need to see this. This is ridiculous. It's SmackDown, though, people. Here it is. Who is that? Daniel Bryan's in there? Yeah. Oh, it says media could not be played. Who's Let's in there see. right there in the corner? Is that Daniel Bryan? Yeah. That's Daniel Bryan, yeah. And I think I think it was Daniel Bryan and uh uh Daniel Bryan and John Cena versus Kid and Cesaro and these fans. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah. Oh man, it says media could not be played. Maybe he got pulled or something like that or I'll find it on Twitter. Yeah, maybe you could find another copy of I'll it. It was it so Twitter. funny though. This kid like performed think- the rock bottom on the other one. Thanks for Rod posted it. I'll see if I can the, oh, 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 I think you said The Rock posted. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, The Rock. No, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you said. I was like, oh, The Rock. Oh, never mind. But uh, yeah, Sherrod's awesome, too. But uh, regardless, I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. But like you mentioned, like shit like that won't, you know, won't help their case when it comes to hosting WrestleMania in a couple of years. It was funny when John Cena mentioned that at the start of the show last night. I mean, I don't see it as a realistic possibility. But it should be, though. I feel like WrestleMania in England would be pretty cool, but I just... Don't see it happening from a logistical standpoint. But um, what were we talking about? Big Show and Roman Reigns. Then we talked about Kiss My Arse. Then we got into the SmackDown. <laughs> the, the, whatever happened on uh, SmackDown. I don't think I don't think like it's. I I'd be you. against um, them having a pay per view at in, in England. I just don't think they would do WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think they could do WrestleMania, but I feel like if they could do SummerSlam in a couple of years, that'd be pretty awesome. Thanks for tweeting that to me, dude. What do you do? Yeah. You just tweeted me the video. Let me see if I can get it. I keep looking. I keep saying it's not displayed. All right, here we go. Nope. Yeah, it says the media could not be played, unfortunately. I don't know why. Oh, I can't get it either, so. Everything I keep clicking on says can't be displayed. So. I guess that video in particular, I guess, maybe unless someone reposted it to, like, YouTube or something, that video is not going to play, sadly. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool, though. But uh, regardless, I feel like, you know, stuff like that won't help their case when it comes to WrestleMania. It just... I saw that. I thought it was just really funny. And there was another video, too, of guys outside of the arena after Raw last night jumping off of I don't know what it was they were jumping off the side of the building or something like that I mean it sounds worse than it actually is but it really was and they were ascending to like some heights but if you go to my Twitter and you check it out someone posted a video it's on YouTube but um yeah a lot of craziness in England last night in addition to some other stuff on the show I'm trying to look through other stuff that we had on the on the show last night let's see here what else happened on Raw oh yeah listen to this so we had Stardust versus Fandango in a match that I didn't really know how to react to because I don't really couldn't care less about either of these guys 
But um, Stardust wins the quick match, and then Fandango takes the match, takes the mic afterwards, says that Rosa Mendez, you've been holding me down. I can't believe it took him this long to come to that conclusion. But um, he finally dumped her, so after the match, it starts dancing to his old theme song and doing the Fandango. So um, that was pretty cool. I'm not a Fandango fan, but it got a great reaction from the England crowd. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, we've talked about it before, and that Fandango won't go anywhere until he drops the dancing gimmick. But um, for one night only, anyway, I thought this was really, really funny. I thought it made for a great moment on TV. RJ, you're shaking your head. I want to get your thoughts on it. Adam Rose and Fandango on live TV should be banned. <laughs> I knew right when I saw Adam Rose, I'm like, here we go. Because the London crowd loves this clown. but They like, cut his they entrance. Both, they both suck. I can't stand any of them. I thought for one night, though, I thought it made for a great visual with the crowd. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not going anywhere from there. So. No, he's not going to go anywhere, but for one moment, though, I thought it was really cool. But, Jake, I want to get your thoughts on Fondango. Are you a Fondango fan or no? Oh, I love Fondango. I've loved Fondango <laughs> since day one. So and what were your I, thoughts I, last night, then? Oh, my God, I was so happy. It was, uh, it was like I was at a live event a few weeks ago, and I was ecstatic when he came out. I was the only one, but yeah, felt pretty alone. It's like the only guy can't move stuff, but that's out of here nor there. And um, it was funny because my dad's like, because we watch a lot together, my dad was sitting there like, what are you cheering about? I'm like, Dad, it's Fondango! Because I love cheering about Fondango because he's been my guy. Because I heard the dancer getting at first, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And then I turned out to love it, so... I even love the Mexican dancer gimmick. I don't know why, but I did. Do you think the face turn's going to go anywhere for him? I mean, it might. I mean, it seemed like a lot of people blew up on Twitter and were, like, freaking out and were, like, really happy about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that love's going to stay. I just know I'm going to always stick with him, but I don't see it going much of anywhere except for maybe bringing him out for the pop and the fondangling. Yeah, I don't know how long the, the momentum's going to last, but for one night anyway, if there was any place to do it, it should have been in England because the crowd went crazy for him. And this is coming from someone that is not a fun Nigel fan. I thought it was cool. RJ was it should have just fan. happened on Superstars, something that I couldn't reach because <laughs> yeah. Fandango's whole gimmick is putrid. I'm not a fan of the dancing gimmick. I don't even. I like Fandango the athlete. I don't I think mind he, Johnny Curtis. I just yeah, hate no. the stupid gimmick. It's so dumb. Yeah, but for one night though, like I said, I felt like the reaction that he got from the Fandango was pretty funny. But good for him for getting it back over. Like I said, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but for one night anyway, it was a nice stroll down memory lane. But um, in terms of giving over Jericho at Mania. Exactly. Since beating Jericho at Mania, what two years ago? I mean, the, the face turn came. Two years too late. If they're going to push this guy as a babyface or a fan favorite, it should have happened two years ago, but better late than never, I guess. But like I was saying before, in terms of Extreme Rules, our main event is now set for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It is Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton with two extra stipulations. If Randy Orton in this matchup, I mean, the matchup itself will be held inside a steel cage, but Randy Orton cannot use the RKO. So, two very interesting stipulations. Jake, I'm going to get your thoughts on it first. Um, what are you expecting in this matchup come Extreme Rules, and what were your thoughts on the respective stipulations added to it last night on Raw? I thought it was an interesting turn of events to ban the RKO, because now that gives him a chance to use the pun. And um, now, also, that it's in a steel case, that gives Seth a bunch of high-flying areas to do a bunch of stupid stuff. So, I mean, 
you never know what to expect. I mean, I heard one of the first things I heard from Steel Cage Match was Phoenix Flash off the top of the cage, which I found to be an interesting concept. And also, I just found it weird because it's like there's no disqualifications in a Steel Cage Match. So, would you, how would using the RKO work? Because normally I'll be on it as a disqualification. So, how would that be ruled? That's a good point. I mean, even if he hits the RKO, what, does he lose the match? I mean, you can't disqualify him. I'm thinking like Shawn Michaels, Orton, Cyber Sunday. Was it Cyber Sunday? I think it might have been Survivor Series. 07, when he couldn't use the Sweet Chin music. But, and if he used oh, it, yeah. he would have lost the match or lost via DQ. But it wasn't a no DQ match, though. But it's probably just if he uses it, he, he loses. It's, you have to, it's not like, he, oh, you use it, no DQ. It like, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they would handle it. But, I mean, it's not like he's going to use it anyway. But just from a storyline standpoint, that's a good point to make. But, um, yeah, you brought up a great point. I think the Phoenix Splash off the top rope or the top of the cage, and RJ was in agreement with this too, would be an amazing visual. And the part about it that makes sense is that, and all ends, I mean, I'm loving this feed right now. I liked it before WrestleMania. I'm loving it even more now. And that the RKO was obviously a crucial factor in why Rollins lost at WrestleMania. The RKO came out of nowhere, so it makes sense for him to ban the RKO. In the Phoenix Splash, it's not completely out of the ordinary that he would hit that, you know, off the top of the cage or hit it at all in this matchup, considering the fact, and RJ, you picked up on this too, when he teased it at WrestleMania and he did not go through with it. I mean, he tried to, and Orton moved out of the way. Um, so he finally connects with it to win the match at Extreme Rules, whatever they do. I mean, I could see him escaping the cage, being the slimy heel that he is. And I called it last week a steel cage match. would be perfect for this matchup, considering the fact that Seth Rollins is the quintessential heel and that he can escape, you know, the cage and win that way, and Orton doesn't have to get pinned. So, uh, RJ, what were your thoughts on the stipulation, and what were you going to pose instead that you texted me <laughs> last night, which I thought was a lot better? I thought um, they should have done a three stages of hell. I think they should have Orton pick a step, Rollins pick a step, and then Kane pick the last one. I think that would have been great. Maybe, like, Rollins wants to do, like, a ladder match. Orton does steel cage, and Kane does something random. I don't know what he'd do, but, like, stream rules or something. Yeah. But um, I think it is good. It is It is what it is. I think the steel cage was inevitable. I think that was definitely going to happen. I think ban the RKO. It's what it is. I think if he was going to ban the RKO, they should have banned the curb stomp too, so then they could have done the Phoenix Splash or just escape the cage. But I think steel cage is good for their feud. And like you said, he can easily, like, with the help of J&J, which is definitely going to happen, he's going to win slimy and be the, the, like, the big heel that he is and just win, like, in the cowardice fashion ever. And that's the thing, too, because the whole point of the steel cage, and this goes back decades, this has been an issue forever, and that it's supposed to prevent yeah. interference. That's the whole point of the matchup. That's, that's what... That's what... the John Cena last year. Yeah, after Cena Wyatt and the abortion of a matchup that was. But um, the whole point of that matchup was... Or the whole point of the steel cage is to prevent interference, and that's why this... That's why Orton picked the step to, you know, prevent J&J security from getting involved. Will that be the case? I'll throw it out there. Go ahead. I'll throw it out there. If you really uh, wanted to stop interference, you might want to do a Hell in a Cell instead. That's exactly it. Someone tweeted that last night, and they were like, you know, they could do a Hell in a Cell, and someone said, oh, it's not October, you know, like jokingly. Um, but uh, yeah. it, make, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I'd rather see it inside Hell in a Cell. We never, I mean, we've gotten interference before. If you look back at the, what was it, the Brian Orton match a couple years ago the Authority got involved in. Um, look, but guys, I, but that's, Ambrose, I mean, right there. 
Yeah, exactly. This past year, too. Yep, there you go. Here's another ring. It's different. Well, still, he got involved. There was still interference in the matchup, but... Yeah, I mean, there's there's interference regardless. They they've ruined their own match gimmicks to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. But on paper, though, it does make sense for this feud, and they had the match of the night from a wrestling standpoint at WrestleMania, Rollins and Orton, that is. And I feel like they can have another show stealing matchup come Extreme Rules in only two more weeks. Um, should be a heck of a matchup come the 26th of April. So last thing here before we go off the air, I just want to have this big discussion that someone tweeted me. Kind of go around the round table here. Um, and I thought this was really interesting. I don't know if I believe it 100%. Maybe he does have some truth to it. And Daniel Bryan, you know, being your, uh, being a very, you know, having, you know, being him with with him being one of your favorites, RJ, I wanted to ask you first. A lot of reports going around right now that the reason why he's not wrestling, or at least as regularly as he was before, or why he's being put in tag team matches, whatever, is because his health is not doing well. And he was also, he was on Raw last night, but in a backstage segment. So two questions for you. One, what are your thoughts on the reports of his health not being at 100%? And two, do you like the fact that they're kind of making him more SmackDown exclusive? I think, I think it's, I think it's pretty well that he kind of came back a little early. He kind of said that he didn't, but I think he did. I think they kind of really needed him, so he came back a little early. And with those injuries, with the neck injuries and the shoulders, those are pretty reoccurring when you're hitting the mat a lot. So I wouldn't be too shocked if they said his injuries are still not developed or it's not healed correctly and stuff like that but I like how he is more Smackdown exclusively I think I think that could be a show that him and Wyatt could build up and like they said they have Ambrose and Ziggler featured on there a lot so I think that's good for them kind of like a second brand like they did that with Smackdown a lot back when they had the brands but like the Rey Mysterios and Orton and Batista and Undertaker is kind of like their own show I like how they're doing that with Brian and Wyatt because we don't really see Wyatt on Raw a lot either so I think it's good for them kind of deteriorates them a little bit because not that many people watch SmackDown, but I think it's good for them to kind of like build the show up themselves, but if his health's not there, then they kind of have to blemish, like kind of like patch up him and make him into a tag team match so he's not out there all the time, but I think if he has to tone it down, then he has to tone it down. I think an argument can be made for the SmackDown exclusive thing anyway. You know, people will say... You know, SmackDown doesn't mean anything because there's no superstars that are exclusive to that show that I can't already see on Monday. Other people will say the reason that no one watches this show is because there's no superstars on SmackDown or because they're not exclusive to SmackDown because no one watches the show. You know what I mean? It can go back and forth. But I do feel like, like you said, SmackDown does not have a large audience, but people still watch SmackDown. Not a lot of people, but there is that small niche audience that still watches on Thursday nights. And um, they can make the show mean more. I don't know if it's going to bring up the ratings. Um, I, don't, I doubt it. But I know they're going to back to USA Network or SmackDown is moving to USA Network for the first time ever come early 2016. Uh, but regardless of, they want to make the blue brand mean more. they got to add these guys on SmackDown. Still have them appear on Raw because I feel like you can't fill three hours of Raw by having people pull double, triple duty every single week. <clears throat> the Rollins, the Reigns, the Ortons, the, the Rybacks, you know. Um, so hopefully they can build off that in, in, in coming weeks. And, and in terms of the health reports, um, like I said, I'm waiting until we get more evidence of this. I mean, I would not be surprised if he did not come back. If he did come back, not 100%, considering the fact that, you know, like you said, RJ, he did not, you know, they, they probably brought him back because they needed him going into WrestleMania season. And it wasn't even all that necessary if they kept him out until the night after WrestleMania or whatever would not have drastically affected the WrestleMania card considering the fact that he was in the IC title match anyway. He made the match, 
but the match would have been fine without him as well. But, Jake, I'm going to get your thoughts on all this, the, the reports of Daniel Bryan being severely injured right now, as well as the fact of him, of him being exclusive to the SmackDown brand. Well, first off, I feel like him being injured, I totally believable. He's still taking the same moves to the neck that he was taking before, which I always found not to be the smartest decision. Plus, it seems like he's been landing on his neck quite a bit since he came back. So, I mean, that probably wouldn't help his cause at all. And then about him on SmackDown more, I feel like that could legitimize the brand more of the Yes movement because there's a lot of people who want to chant Yes, so maybe making him exclusively SmackDown might make people tune in more because once they realize, oh, Daniel Bryan's not on SmackDown, they might, I mean, not on Raw, they might start to tune in more. I mean, like he said, I mean, if you put more, like, some of the more over mid-card guys like Ziggler or, uh, let's see, um, yeah, like people like Ziggler, and you could maybe put them on SmackDown exclusive to make that, like, a mid-card development talent show kind of like, kind of like an NXT, but, like, for people who are more ready to be on national television instead of just the WWE Network. No, I absolutely agree. I feel like that's what SmackDown was all about. I don't know how many years ago, 10, not 15, maybe around 10 years ago, during the days where like the tag team division was at its hottest and they were building up new stars over on SmackDown. And they can continue to do that with the Intercontinental Championship. They've done that in recent weeks, but uh, they still need to appear on Raw. But if you can focus that show around the mid-card titles with the U.S. Open Challenge and Daniel Bryan in the main event, Barrett and Ambrose and Ziggler, all those guys going at it, um, could make for a very meaningful show or at least mean more than what it is right now. So I said that was going to be the last topic. Actually, one more thing before we Obviously, go off the air. There's got to be one more. There's got to be one more. It's 10 o'clock yet. we got to keep going. No, yeah, before we'll we make get stuff the, up if it comes out. <laughs> before we get to the cheap plugs, anyway, I do want to talk about this. And I know, RJ, you're not the biggest TNA fan, um, but I do want to get your thoughts on this, though. TNA's various issues right now. I don't know if you heard. You probably did hear about yep. this. Um, bad company. Bad company. The being behind on the paychecks and them not being happy with the influence of Destination America. All this other, you know, low morale in the company right now. I know you're not an avid or faithful TNA follower, but I do want to get your thoughts on the situation at hand. Um, hearing the pay cut thing, it kind of, even though it has no, like, real, it kind of sounds like ECW, like when you talked about ECW before they went bankrupt, something like that, guys weren't getting paid, bills weren't getting paid, they're kind of, like, scrambling around. And the whole Destination America thing, what they expect? Come on. Half the country doesn't even get it. It's not a premier channel. Like, you really have to deep search it to find it on, like, if you have a s- satellite provider. And I'm pretty sure cable doesn't hold the channel. I think they had to know that going in. When you're going off Spike, which is a cable channel, and then you're going to... It's, like, going to, like, some, like, random... It's, like, it's not even, like... It's, like, Discovery's, like, sister channel that, like, no one would ever hear of. And I just think that... There's other product out there that people would rather watch, like Lucha Underground, NXT, and I feel bad for the guys that are there not getting paid, I think. When you go to a promotion that's not indie-esque, I guess, because it's not really an independent uh, circuit, um, I think it sucks for them, especially the veterans like Kurt Angle and them, if they're not getting paid, I guess. I don't know why they wouldn't seek other opportunities. If if they're not getting paid, it's not right, so... um, they have the money. They do have the money. I know that. I don't know why the hell. Like, I saw like their parent companies had a lot of issues. Energy, I think. Has yeah. had some issues lately, but I think it is what it is. I think they should have realized when they left Spike that 
the times were going to get a little harder on them with the viewership and stuff like that. But I don't really care about TNA. I wouldn't give two shits if they closed down the doors tomorrow. So it is what it is, but that's all I got to say. The problems with TNA aren't with the roster. It's with the management. It's with the management, not even with the storylines most times. It's mostly not even with the – the TV product has been pretty good since they went back to – or since they moved to the new channel. It's with the management. They whine and they bitch and complain. I got it over on Spike because Spike didn't do much to promote them. And, and Destin, Destination America has done that for him. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen ads during Raw and during SmackDown and whatever for Destination America or TNA, whatever. Um, they've done a very good job of promoting TNA. The issue is that this channel, this cable network, took them in when no one else wanted to. Yeah, they're complaining about their influence on the product and making Kurt Angle champion because he's American. Like, I get some of the claims in that they don't want them going overseas because it's a, it's an American channel, so they don't want them in England. There's stupid stuff like that. It's just dumb to me. Um, but, you know, they have to be grateful. They can't complain too much considering the fact this is the only network that gave them a chance. And there's nowhere else to go. If they leave here, where else are they going to go? So if it wasn't for Destination America... They wouldn't have a TV deal, so they've just got to be appreciative and just shut up. So I love TNA, but I'm just saying that's the only issue that they're facing right now. But, um, Jake, what are your thoughts on TNA, even if you watched the product or if you heard the rumors? I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, all of this dilemma, this this huge issue they're they're facing right now. Um, honestly, I just thought they've always been facing this issue. I've constantly been hearing that, that the employees aren't getting paid, that people have been complaining that it's just been a bad, very mismanaged company. Like, I haven't watched it forever, but from what I've seen, they definitely have the talent. But from what the shows look like, someone describes me as a bunch of gimmick matches and a title match every show. Which, I mean, that sounds interesting. I mean, I like a lot of gimmick matches, but that might just be me. And, um, I mean, it's just... I just feel like They've been going down the drain forever, but no one's saying we're bankrupt yet. I, I, I agree with uh, Jake on that. I think TNA had its moments. It grew. I think it grew a lot when they changed. It grew a lot when Hogan and Bischoff went there, but it actually went a lot down when Bischoff and Hogan went there. It peaked for like it, a week. It peaked for like a week. <laughs> they tried the Monday night thing. That flopped horribly. I don't even know why they even tried that. That Maybe they thought... WCW round two, but the issue with the, the issue between TNA and WCW is WCW had the funds to pay everyone. They could pay anyone they wanted as much money as they wanted because Ted Turner had a bigger wall than Vince McMahon did. But they just didn't have any viewership, and the AOL was like, "We're not going to keep paying these people if we're not getting what we need." So that makes sense. But if you have the money but won't pay the people, and you complain to the one network that actually will hold your product. You have issues. I just like that's like saying WWE says, "Oh, we can't deal with USA Network anymore." They probably could find another network, but like USA's been there for them. They let them do all they want. They have the three-hour show and all that stuff. I think TNA has the writing on the wall that you 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 made your bed now you have to sleep in it. You chose Destination America. Whatever they tell you you have to do, that's what it is. That's exactly it. I feel like at this point, there's really not much they can do. Um, you know, they, they set in stone their contract with Destination America. They found a fine home. There's just, I mean, they wasted. They wasted any, like you said, the, the, the issue is not with the money. It's with the management, how they manage that money. They wasted money on guys like Hogan and Bischoff, who they brought in, 
who they thought were going to do big things for the company, they didn't. I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here. This has been they brought in like the Booker T's, Christian, Scott Steiner, Kevin, Frick, Nash, Kevin yeah. Nash, Scott Hall, X Pac. They brought in any WWE. Sounds like wash they up. WCW. Exactly. Yeah. Any WC, uh, any WWE wash up that they would just get RV. I uh, know. I think RVD wasn't on TNA. Yeah, he, he, was. he was. Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, <laughs> the Dudley Boys. The list goes on and on of all these guys they brought in, and it just they can't keep writing checks, and if they're not getting it back. Exactly. I mean, I feel like it's a waste of money in that case because none of these people, for the most part anyway, have done anything to benefit their company and bring in new viewers and stuff like that. So. You know, like I said, love TNA, big fan. I'm just very worrisome of their future. I think I tweeted out the other day, what's today, Tuesday? So maybe on Sunday, I tweeted out a link to the story on them not getting paid or something like that. And within minutes, someone replied to me. That's not even following me. It was a TNA fanboy saying that the story wasn't true. And um, thankfully, it was not true. But there's people that are going to crap all over the product regardless. There's the people that love TNA and don't see the issues that they're currently facing and then I feel like because you don't like TNA but you don't crap on it at least you, I mean you do but you can see why you can recognize the issues there though so that I respect and same thing with Jake as well I think you guys can see the issues and you guys aren't blindly and the other issue is the next brand that's coming up is NXT and NXT kills TNA oh absolutely and they have the funds and they're going to go on the road and TNA is going to be crap in their pants when NXT starts rolling on the road and the people are like, you know what? We're just going to watch NXT over TNA. And the Destination America is going to be like, uh-oh, what happened to all our viewers and all the people going to the events? They're going to be like, pull the plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. But that's what I like about NXT. They pull talent out of everywhere. Like, they pull out of, I don't know where Hideo Tommy was from. Not New Japan. I think, I th no, no, Belor, um Belor is from New Japan. Right? Yeah, Belor, a.k.a. Prince Stepper, was from New Japan. They pick out a Kevin Steen from Ring of Honor. I heard Ring of Honor is like trying to like make it so guys can't jump from de to WWE or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. That's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. Like, Ring of Honor, they're in a good place right now. They should be They're the top happy. independent yeah, promotion. Yeah, but I mean, they, they can brand themselves as a company that, you know, we... Produce stars. Exactly. Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, unless it was on and on and on, Cesaro... People that went on to do huge things in WWE and TNA, so why not recognize yourself as such? And it, it, there's no, there, there, like the beating out WWE, I mean, I could see maybe keeping the Briscoes or whatever, um, but being mad at them for giving them free publicity and making stars out of their talents, I mean, it's not, I want to be in Ring of Honor because if I want to go to WWE, yeah, something. Yeah. Whatever happened with Adam Cole? Is, I thought he was going to WWE. Or... I think he had a tryout. I think he's going at some point. I think he's bound to bound show up to go, there. Yeah. He's, he screams WWE. I think he could thrive in NXT. Poor Ring of Honor. All the good guys they make go to WWE. I find yeah. it funny. ROH seems like the NXT of NXT. Exactly. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. it. That's pretty much what it is. That's a stepping stone ladder in Literally, wrestling. Literally, Ring of Honor is like the developmental. They bring in NXT and show you the WWE way, and then you go to the main roster. That's, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much there's Ring of Honor. That's like your elementary school. Then you got your middle school where you kind of go to kind of get adjusted everything. That's in high school. Your NXT, and then high school is the WWE. Your main roster, your Raws and Smackdowns. You're at the top of the list, and then you have your school that no one cares about, never acknowledges, and TNA. That school that just no one ever goes to, and it's like that the boarding school that no one wants to go to. Doesn't pay you. <laughs> Say that again, Jake. 
is that private school that doesn't pay you, you have to pay them. Exactly. That's pretty much what it is, the retirement home for all the people that the, – the dropouts from the high school pretty yeah. much that, that, that go to this school. Like I said, I love TNI, but we're just poking fun over here on the WrestleRant Radio. That's going to wrap up the show for this week, April 14th. 2015. As always, RJ becoming the first man in history to call in from the phone and then show up in person later on, only minutes afterwards. So, making history here on WrestleRant like, Radio. I'm like Seth Rollins. I'm just driving <laughs> in and show up on the real show. Doing double duty. Yep. You're, on, you're on. You're doing the opening match on the phone and then main event in and you're cashing the money in the bank by the end of it. So, I wish. That's the way that we work here on WrestleRant Radio. But Jake, thanks for joining us, brother. Always great having you on. Or great having you on for the first oh. time. Hopefully we can have you on again down the road. But on Twitter, at oh, yeah. WinSammyZane, is there anything else that people need to know Win or any Sammy final Win. words? WinSammy, what did what? I say? Well, you said WinSammyZane. WinSammyWin. Oh. You said WinSammyZane. I wow, apologize. what a botch. I'm a, bo- I'm a botcher tonight. I'm seeing Cara here on the show. It's at <laughs> WinSammyWin, one of the biggest... Uh, one of the biggest, not haters, I want to say, but he is not a Dean Ambrose fan, but that's what makes Jake stand out on Twitter. That's why you should follow him. He's got good tweets over at WinSammyWin, so make sure to follow him over there. But anything else that people should know? Any other p- places that people can find you? Um, no, that's pretty much it. The only place I'm really active. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, like I said, hopefully we can get you back on the show at some point. Thanks for joining this man, and I'll catch you down the road. Of course. Anytime, man. See you later. Thanks again. See ya. RJ, as always, your shout-outs. And you got something to shout-out. You wrote an article this past week that the world needs to know about. I do. Tell them all about it. So I got a first first article on nextererwrestling.net. Um, it's my new series, WWE Repackage Goal, talking about how guys that WWE started out with pretty dumb gimmicks, they repackaged them and they turned them into gold. And uh, my first article is about Bray Wyatt, so go on www.nextererawrestling.net and you can check that out on the website. And you can check out all the other great stuff that Graham writes, and I don't know who else writes. John does too, other great stuff that everyone else writes. So it's good to get on there, and wrestling talk is always great. So you can check that out. Um, shameless plug, Shannon, Molly, Cam, Graham. Um, Besides that, go on Next Era Wrestling, check out all the content. It's good stuff, not just mine. There's everyone else has great stuff on there. So um besides that, enjoy wrestling and uh hashtag where's Ray. <laughs> it's not gonna die. Hashtag it's not gonna we- die until he shows up somewhere. <laughs> That's gonna be on your on your graduation gown. It's gonna be on my freaking tombstone. <laughs> hashtag where's, where's Ray's like condolences he still hasn't got that yet hey, where's yeah. Ray's like thank you hashtag where's Ray's thank you too yeah all these people are just disappearing AJ Lee just retires Ray Ray just retires no one's getting a proper thank you you let Santino get his proper farewell exactly Santino Morelli gets a freaking like highlight tape Ray Mysterio <laughs> was like one of the top stars and for 10 years he gets nothing hashtag priorities hashtag priorities hashtag priorities but you heard him folks NextAirWrestling.net, the debut column of Repackaged Gold. This week, it's it's here. It's it Bray Wyatt. Bray it's Wyatt. the Wyatt family hashtag. Husky Harris is gone. Bray Wyatt oh, is here. God. So you can check it out. NextAirWrestling.net. That's where you can find all the archives of this show, WrestleRant Radio, every Tuesday night, nine o'clock Eastern time, eight Central time, right here on. Let me. Let's hope I don't botch this. Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV 73. Oh, I didn't botch it this week. So you can check out the show on the website. You can listen to it live every single Tuesday right here on here on EC Radio. So next week, 
It's a big show. One hour still, though, but it's Extreme Rules Week. Um, the prediction panel, I forgot who we're having on. I think we're having on um, someone else from Twitter, no one like that we've had on before. I think we're having a fresh face here on the show next week. Um, we're talking all about Extreme Rules, doing the predictions, and everything else in between. <laughs> but like RJ said... Doesn't even know his guest, people. I don't even know my guest. Doesn't even know his guest. No, I forget my guest. I got my list of guests on my computer. I completely forgot about it. We, we had to change up the schedule a little bit. Jake, he was going to be on a couple weeks from now, but he had a baseball game a couple Jake weeks. Jake Jake at win, Sammy win. Not at Win Sami Zayn though. I don't even know his name. So. At Win. Yeah, at least Sammy you know Wynn. the kids' names. I don't even know how. Uh, now I know his Twitter handle too. At Win Sami Zayn. So who's next? Fuck! Week? It's at Win Sami Win, not Zayn. I apologize. You keep screwing it up, Graham. <laughs> I do. Today is not my day, but I'm seven. I'm celebrating seven fans, seven wins. Excuse me. Seven, oh. seven fans. Seven wins. Seven years. <laughs> Seven years as a wrestling fan today, so go check it out on YouTube. Wait, do you know exactly the right date? Right now, this exact This date. exact date. April 14th, goddamn 2008. Because I remember the show. I will never forget it. It was in England, much like last night, too, which I thought was a great show. I would have to look it up, but the first time I remember watching wrestling, it was the heat before Royal Rumble 2002. 2002. And so. I really wanted to watch it, and I was getting ready, and then it was like, cops came on. I'm like, <laughs> cops. They were talking about, like, Kane won the Royal Rumble. I'm like, all right, like, let's watch it. It's like on pay per view. I'm like, Dad? Like, I don't even know MTV, do. right? MTV? No, it was on, I think it was on Spike. Spike. Spike I think it was Spike, on Spike. Spike that he... He changed so many times, I keep on forgetting. It was like about. Al Snow going nuts. Al like, Snow. I gotta check it up. Hey, well, what does everybody want? I was watching this, all... This is my 13th year as a wrestling 13 fan. 13 years. The lucky 13. <laughs> gotta start celebrating somehow. Seriously, but, um, I gotta check that right now. Facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews on the Twitter at WrestleRant. Like we said before, nextairwrestling.net. I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, YouTube at Graham GSM Matthews. MySpace, Friendster, everything else in between. I'm not on, but you can check me Snapchat out. Snapchat at Graham GSM Matthews. <laughs> Yik Yak, all the same shit. So you can find me. I I'm global, people. Just Google me and just find me that way. But like I said, folks, have a great week, and we'll catch you next week. Graham.